You're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast with Rico Dosti and Friends, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. 30 years from now, the mob will control time travel. My job is to eliminate targets sent here from the future. Even if the target is me. On September 28th, you let him run free. I'm gonna fix this! I'm gonna find it! You can't escape. I'm gonna take everything you got! Your future. This is my life now. You had yours already. So why don't you do what old men do and die? Looper. Well, greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness and just all kinds of fun things to talk about, like that uh, new movie, uh, Looper, that uh, just came out uh, on Friday. I saw it yesterday. I'll talk uh, briefly about it on today's podcast. Uh, as I try to do with new movies, if I get a chance to see them, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of a... A few general comments, no spoilers, and uh, but I really liked it. I thought it's a very slick movie. Uh, the main subject for this week's podcast, which is podcast 404, is that what we're up to already? <laughs> and today is September 30th, 2012. But again, the main subject on today's podcast is going to be uh, a series, a couple of TV series that I enjoyed a lot. They were just fun uh, fantasy shows uh, that I that kind of miss seeing that kind of a show on the air these days. Uh, the shows I'm going to talk about are Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Xena, The Warrior Princess. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about both, play a little bit of uh, stuff from the shows, a little uh, some audio clips and things, and uh, just tell you why I think those were a lot of fun, and if you've never seen them, why you should uh, maybe give them a shot. So uh, that, we're going to talk about a little bit about track stories and uh, a few other things. Lots of TV to talk about, uh, new shows uh, coming on the air, uh, returning shows have been uh, on the air or are returning. <laughs> They've been on the air, and now they're returning. They were on the air, now they're back, whatever, but lots to talk about. Uh, also, I want to uh, thank uh, both Chris and Meds for doing that cool Q&A Doctor Who special last week, so that was great. And, uh, you know, one of the targets and the things about uh, Treks and Sci-Fi has always been to try to get people interested and excited about things they may not ever have uh, given a shot. And, and believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there you know, just across the world, in the States, you know, everywhere. But uh, Doctor Who has become more popular uh, in the States over the last, uh, you know, six, seven years. But there are still a lot of people who have never seen this long-running show. So I, I appreciate those guys uh, throwing that Q&A together and, uh, you know, I think getting other people interested that may have never seen it. So, uh, But anyway, lots to talk about here on Treks and Sci-Fi, so uh, let's do it.
sci-fi. Make it so. All right, I'm back, and it's, uh, you know, a pretty nice weekend here in Michigan, a nice fall weekend. Uh, actually, it was about 70, 71 degrees yesterday, which is good. I need a little tea. Uh, I feel a little uh, nasally today. I'm not sure why. I feel pretty good. Got a pretty good sleep, but, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the weather here is good, so there's your weather report out of the way really quickly here on the show. I think the first thing I want to talk about for this week, um, besides the fact uh, that I had already mentioned thanks for the guys doing the the guest spot last week, uh, is just one more little uh, pitch for uh, donations to Treks and Sci-Fi. The the, uh, the fall at this time in September are when the, the fees come up for uh, the hosting of everything that you listen to and all the websites, the forums, all that all that jazz, all the daily pick stuff. Everything anyway is on uh, through DreamHost, and uh, this is the time I have to pay those fees. And uh, some people have already donated. That's great. Uh, and if anyone else still can donate just you know a few dollars, that would be fantastic. Uh, there's PayPal links on the main TreksinSciFi.com website website just go there there's a link near the top right and there's links in the forums uh there's a link uh, a thread in the facebook a group for treks and sci-fi which you haven't joined if you haven't uh, hopped on the facebook uh, group for treks and sci-fi you should do that uh lots of cool stuff over there going on uh, you know join everything join the forum join the facebook group and send a donation if you can uh you know just a few dollars it all helps and that's all you're going to hear from me for at least a little while the donations are always welcome year-round I know some people do some, you know, monthly ones. If you want to do that, you can do that as well. Uh, if you have any questions, anything comes up on this, or if you just want to know the address, PayPal, treksf at gmail.com, uh, you can uh, PayPal directly using that email address. So, uh, again, thanks to everyone that sent in uh, some donations already. And anything more is always helpful, too. So. All right, let's segue right into talking a little bit about this movie that I saw yesterday, Looper. Uh, this movie is is a time travel story. It's a very uh, adult, uh, I would say, movie. I don't mean that like you know. Well, <laughs> it's rated R. So, it, and and the and the other reason I say the word adult is the fact that there are things in there that are definitely not for kids. But the the other thing that I want to what I mean when I say it's an adult time travel sci fi kind of movie is that. It, the script and the acting and the story are very solid and very good. This is not a schlocky, dumb, you know, just actiony movie. And I think sometimes the some of the previews I think are a little misleading uh, for it. I, I think that it gives you a good sense of the movie, but there's a whole part of this movie that they don't bring out in the previews, and I I'm, I know that's intentional. But uh, it, it is uh, not quite what you'd expect maybe once you get in there and see the movie from the previews. That's, that's both could be a good and a bad thing depending on what you're looking for in a movie and what you're expecting. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I saw it with my friend Mark yesterday. Uh, we went to an afternoon matinee. And the you know it, it's, it's a very interesting story. Anytime you deal with time travel... You always have that paradox of like, well, if you're in the future and you're going back, well, haven't you already gone back and, and wouldn't, you know, that have already happened? So wouldn't the things from that have already taken place? 
but it's almost like it's all happening at the same time. I don't know how to explain it uh, really better than that, but uh, it, it's just a good, good, solid movie. Very interesting. Something I'll definitely want to watch again uh, when it comes out on home video uh, it, because of all the detail and things that are going on. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who, who I'm starting to dislike in every movie that he does, He's uh, he's in this. He plays. Uh, it's it's pretty obvious from the previews. So I'm not giving anything away. Bruce Willis is also uh, another one of the main actors in it. Um, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is a younger version of him of the Bruce Willis character, and they use some makeup and some prosthetics and things to make him kind of look like him, give him the same kind of nose and that. And and it's it it works. I think it works really well. You could, you really have a sense just the way these guys sort of the way they have certain looks and their attitudes and the just their mannerisms and things like that it uh it comes off really well uh and uh it's just a good movie i can't say too much about it without giving a lot of things away so i'll just leave it at that but uh i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie it was one that I was really looking forward to ever since I first heard about it, and I, I think they did a fantastic job. I'd love to see more uh, from the guy that worked on this movie and, uh, you know, the writing team and everything, and uh, it's just a uh, really interesting movie. So, uh, Looper, go check it out. Uh, you've had some pretty cool movies. I, I, I've uh, I still got to see Resident Evil, the new one, and, uh, and Dread I didn't get a chance to see yet either, but... Um, I'm going to try to see those in the theater if I can soon. If not, uh, it'll be home video for those. But uh, And next week we have the non-sci-fi, but just as cool and exciting kind of a movie. I'm kind of a sucker for the the way the first one was. And, and, and Liam Neeson's in it, of course, Qui-Gon Jinn. You know, come, so you got to go see that, right? But Taken 2 comes out next week. So, And then uh, what, what else? We saw some previews for... Um, some cool movies I thought yesterday. Uh, of course, we saw the Bond uh, Skyfall uh, latest trailer preview. And in uh, one for this video game animated film that looks a lot of fun about this video game character who plays a bad guy. I forget the name of the film. I'm sure people listening to the podcast are yelling it out. It's, uh, I think, I'd like a three-word title, but uh, he, he doesn't want to be a bad guy in the movies anymore. Or in the or not in, or not in the movies, but in the video game and in the movie, he decides you know he wants to be now a good guy and uh, it looks fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, uh, that's uh, about all I got to say about that. I think I'm going to take a very short break, and during this break, I am going to play the first segment. Uh, Vartok sent in uh, a, a cool new uh, music segment. We haven't had anything from him in a while, and he sent in something on the music of Torchwood, which I thought was a really interesting choice. And I'm really looking forward to listening to this with you guys about what he has to say about Torchwood music. And uh, he's got, there's a two parts to this. I will play the first part now, and then I'll play the other part near the end of today's podcast. So uh, listen to the first segment here for Torchwood's music from Vartok. I think it's about nine minutes long or so, and then I'll be back. We'll talk a little bit more news, some Trek stuff, uh, some TV, and then we'll get into Hercules and Xena. So take it away, Vartok.
everyone, this is Vartok again with another music and sci-fi segment. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about the music in the BBC television series Torchwood. I am guessing that many of you have enjoyed this adult sci-fi TV series and recognized its opening track as the Torchwood theme music. The Torchwood Institute, or more simply Torchwood, is a special criminal investigation group founded by Queen Victoria in 1879 to battle hostile extraterrestrial and supernatural threats to mankind. The Cardiff Wales branch, or Torchwood 3, is led by an immortal, Captain Jack Harkness, played by actor John Barrowman. Captain Jack, who is a former time agent and con man from the 51st century, has been seen traveling with the Doctor of Doctor Who, but now he is residing in our 21st century. As Jack notes during the start of each episode in Season 1, Torchwood, outside the government, beyond the police, tracking down alien life on Earth, arming the human race against the future. The 21st century is when everything changes, and you got to be ready. Torchwood has run for four seasons between 2006 and 2011, with 13 episodes each in seasons 1 and 2, five episodes in the season 3 miniseries called Torchwood, Children of Earth, and 10 episodes in season 4 called Torchwood, Miracle Day. Seasons 1 through 3 are all currently available through Netflix, which online streaming and I do recommend it for adult viewing. Although I may not fully agree with all of the seemingly superfluous sexual relationships between the main cast members, I do have to say I have enjoyed the science fiction in the series. Perhaps Rico or some of the other guest podcasters will give Torchwood its own podcast. However, I'm going to just discuss some of the music. The music for Torchwood is actually quite good in my opinion, the series' original music was composed by Murray Gold, who has composed for 18 episodes between 2006 and 2011, and by Benedict, or Ben, Foster, who has created music for 29 episodes between 2006 and 2009. I'll tell you more about these two composers later. Music for Season 4 included assistance by Stu Kennedy, whom I won't cover since the music is not currently available. I have chosen a number of my favorite tracks from the series to share with you. To be honest, I didn't really notice the music quite as much while watching the Torchwood episodes due to the action on the screen. Only now, having listened to it on its own, have I realized how much I like it. To keep things orderly, I'm going to play these tracks in the order of the seasons. From the first compilation disc, here is a track titled The Chase. It has a very well-defined melody and sense of the energy of the Torchwood team as they race around Britain in their special Black Range Rover. Hear the energy and urgency.
the next track, I'm going to play Jack's Love Theme, which illustrates that the music is at times sensitive and haunting. That is, not all loud and punchy. Much of the music in Torchwood was recorded by the BBC Studio Orchestra, and it's very symphonic in sound. See if you enjoy this track as much as I do. The composer Murray Gold, born in 1969 in Portsmouth, England, is a composer for stage, film, and television, and he's been nominated for a BAFTA four times in the category of Best Original Television Music. These nominations were for Vanity Fair in 1999, Queer as Folk in 2000, Casanova starring David Tennant and Peter O'Toole in 2006, and Doctor Who in 2008. He has worked with Russell T. Davies, the former writer and executive producer of Doctor Who, many times, and has been the musical director for Doctor Who since 2005. Murray created a new arrangement of the Doctor Who theme, originally written by Ron Granier, who I did a segment on in podcast number 230 back in 2009. Murray Gold has 54 entries under Composer in the IMDb, mostly involving television series. And now, the poser for later in this podcast. Captain Jack Harkness has interacted with the Doctor in Doctor Who on a number of occasions. Do you know the connection between the Doctor Who and Torchwood series? Stay tuned, and I will be back with the answer later in this podcast. Well, thanks a lot, Vartok, for that very cool uh, segment on the music of Torchwood and what Murray Gold has done. You know, that 
it's it's a very cool series, Torchwood, and it's a little bit different and a little unusual in the fact that it it kind of changed each year a bit, and especially the the most recent season was probably the biggest change when it was mostly set basically over here in the the U.S. and they had a change behind the scenes of of who was helping uh, finance the show, I think, and. Uh, don't want to turn this into just a Torchwood podcast today, but uh, yeah, it's a cool show. I really like it a lot, and the music I really enjoy. So thanks so much, and I'll have the uh, the second part to of our talk segment uh, later on today's show. All right, let's talk uh, uh, briefly about uh, some Star Trek uh, talk, and 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 of course, um, everyone knows by this point. I've talked about it uh, before, but you know the movie title of the the next Star Trek film, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, was announced a few weeks back, and uh, it's a good title. It's it's uh, growing on me. They still haven't really announced much more, but I did dig up. Uh, I've got one little story here I was going to pass along uh, about Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, he's had a few interviews lately about uh, what he thought about working on the movie, and they still haven't revealed who his character is or what's going on exactly, but I thought I would read uh, uh, this uh, little blurb here over at I found at, at trektoday.com. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has joined the many actors who have words of praise for J.J. Abrams. Cumberbatch br- spoke briefly about Star Trek II, they, they're calling it at first in this article, uh, claiming that working on the sequel is an amazing experience. I was bound to say that, he said, but it genuinely was. It was just extraordinary. Uh, Cumberbatch then went on to reveal his admiration for Abrams. He's a wonderful human being to be around. J.J. on every level as a dad, as a friend, as a director, as a musician. He's a polymath. Uh, he's a really talented human being, and he's got time for everyone, and it's all done with a genuine interest in the story. And Cumberbatch goes on to say, uh, fans will get their money's worth from Star Trek II. Uh, so f- all f- for all the bangs for your buck that you're going to get with the film, which there are going to be plenty, you also have an investment in the story, as Cumberbatch. You care about what's happening to these characters, so it was really exciting. Uh, I guess this originally came from an article uh, on the Huffington Post. Because, you know, the Internet is just one big repost of everything. And I'm no exception to that. I do that, too, and I kind of do it in a way on the podcast. But, you know, it's just a way to get the news out there and also to pick out the parts you might be interested in. You know, we talk about sci-fi, Trek, uh, TV movies here on on this show. And I try to grab, you know, stories that I think are current and, and interesting that you guys will like hearing about. But, uh, yeah, so Cumberbatch sounds like he had a good time on the, on this movie shoot. So I'm looking forward to uh, to learning more about this. Maybe one day we'll learn what the <laughs> character is that, that he's going to play. You know, uh, they said uh, a, a while back there was an article that said uh, there was an interview with one of the writers and they said Cumberbatch is playing a character from Star Trek canon. In other words, a, a character that we have seen previously in some form. So uh, who knows? It, it, you know, still the, the two top contenders, I guess, would be Khan uh, or someone like Khan uh, and uh, Gary, uh, Gary Mitchell. I almost said Gary Seven, although I guess that's a possibility too. But I think it's more likely it's Gary Mitchell if it was going to be a Gary uh all right, a little more tea, and what, uh, let's see, I was going to say something else about Trek, but I can't think of what it was. I don't think there were any really other big stories in the last uh, week or two before. There's some new comics out. I was going to mention that. Um, 
Also, if you are uh, if you are not watching uh, the uh, the cool sci-fi series Warehouse 13, that's turned into where all the old Star Trek uh, you know actors go to to work. We had Jerry Ryan on there again recently. Uh, they've had, of course, Kate Mulgrew's been on there. Brent Spiner's been on there this season. So if you want to see some of the old Star Trek gang on a current TV series, watch Warehouse 13. <laughs> it's and it's a fun show too. It's been it, it's I really love the show a lot. Um, but I think I'm going to take uh, another little quick break here, and then I will come back and talk a little bit more about television. A couple a couple of the new shows that I've been watching and, and returning favorites, and uh, a little bit about the uh, sort of fall season finale of Doctor Who. Just a tiny bit about that that I watched yesterday. And then finally, we'll get into Hercules and Xena. Not much more till we get to that point. So stand by. Hey, this is Larry Nimichek, and I too survived the Con of Wrath. In fact, we're even making a movie about it. And you're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. Okay, as far as uh, television, uh, what is new that I've been watching uh, related to, I, I guess, the new fall season? Uh, there isn't a lot of new uh, things on that I've been watching yet. Uh, I guess the biggest one probably was Revolution in the sort of sci-fi realm. I mean, this is the, it's from uh, the J.J. Abrams team. Uh, and basically the, the premise of the show is all the power has gone out. Uh, or some reason, they, 15 years ago on Earth, everything, no power, no more electricity. So everyone's kind of living sort of a rural, uh, you know, end of the world existence now. And the uh, there's a mystery going on. It's revealed that that there um, that some people or someone probably was behind this thing. It wasn't a natural catastrophe. It's I think it's looking pretty likely that it it was man-made in some way. But uh, it's it's an okay show for me. At least this is, of course, always just my personal viewpoint and opinion. I, I, I'm having a little trouble getting into it. I, the characters, to me, are a little bit kind of, you know, somewhat bland and also kind of unlikable, to you know, to some degree. I also have this... Uh, you know, kind of a, a problem. There, there's this group uh, that's run by this this guy, uh, the Monroe. He, he sort of created uh, in the United States his own little dictatorship with, with hired guns and guys on horses and who, who seem to be, you know, they have this militia and they go around and pretty much, you know, take things and tax people in a way and and they say you know if it's if it wasn't for us you know chaos would reign I'm, i i every time they they have a couple of scenes like that in the first couple of episodes that i with the main kind of bad guy who was also on breaking bad i loved him on there uh but i always say to myself when i'm watching that it's like uh you know the chaos that's reigning is is from you guys not <laughs> it's not if you left people alone they probably would be better off so i i, I just find it kind of goofy uh, and, and kind of silly that no one calls them on that and said, uh, you know, the chaos is you, not that uh, you're keeping chaos from happening. You are the chaos. So I don't know. That's just one little thing. But I'll, I'll give it another episode or two and then make my decision if I'm going to stick with it for the whole season. Uh, the uh, the other show that I wanted to mention is not a, really a sci-fi show, but I, I sort of has elements in it that I think appeal to us, uh, you know, geeks that like this kind of stuff. It's called Last Resort. They just had the first episode on Thursday here. You can find it on Hulu, IMDb, uh, other places online. I'm sure you can watch it ABC. It's an ABC series. Basically, it's a, it's a series about a, a nuclear submarine uh, with, um, you know, that gets orders from uh, sort of a, I'm not going to say too much. Again, the first episode's only been out 
Uh, but they have these orders to basically uh, shoot a couple of nukes at, at Pakistan. And the, the orders come from sort of a questionable source. And they, they kind of ask for confirmation. And then a whole thing starts to happen where it looks like it's sort of one big setup, you know, that, that, that someone somehow got a hold of the ability to send them these, the, you know, sort of orders to do this. And they were basically, it looks like the government was sort of trying to create a war uh, and use them as a scapegoat. And uh, the, the sub kind of refuses to do this. And then they, they become kind of outlaws from the United States and go kind of go off on their own. And that's that's a real basic premise of it. And it, it might sound kind of a little bit, I don't know, not that great or goofy. I don't know what, but I liked it a lot. I, I, I kind of have a thing for for both, you know, shows that are set in, in the oceans anyway uh, and underwater. I did a whole underwater sci-fi podcast or not underwater. I wasn't actually underwater, <laughs> but I always have a little bit of a soft spot for anything naval. And I've had some friends that were in the Navy. And, and uh, so this show about a nuke sub and uh, is kind of appealing to me already to begin with there. And, and then there's this idea that the government is, is playing around with with this situation, whether it's the government or other people. I don't know. It's hard to say yet, but it's got a great cast, a strong cast. Uh, it, the visuals are great. It has a cool look uh, and it's different. You know, it's something a little different on the air, which I'm looking for. You know, for me, Revolution is 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 uh, is a show about the end of the you know sort of current you know way of life, and also another lost mystery type of show. It, it, there's so many similar things to Revolution. That's what's kind of bugging me a little bit about that one. But but at least Last Resort, something new and kind of a little different, and a lot of unique. So I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, but um, it's uh, on ABC Thursday night, along with of course uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, Vampire Diaries are going to come back this week if you're into that. Uh, what else is on? Community, another cool geeky show. Uh, lots of stuff. So uh, lots of new things. Once Upon a Time comes back tonight. And a non-sci-fi show, but one of my favorites, favorite shows of all time really, is returning tonight. And I'm really excited about Dexter coming back. So there's kind of a little bit of a brief TV thing, uh, recap uh, of what's going on. And uh, just lots of cool things to watch both on television and at the movies. So, uh, And the last thing I want to talk about, and I can't say very much about it at all, but I did watch the season uh, or the mid-season finale, whatever you call it. They call it series in the UK. But I watched Doctor Who. Um, it uh, was called Angels in Manhattan, I think was the, or Angels Take Manhattan. Uh, it was their fifth episode of the current season, uh, season seven or series seven of the, uh, you know, the new start of Doctor Who in 2005. Anyway, uh, it was a really kind of a hard episode to watch, I'll have to admit. And I'm still kind of a little digesting it. I, I can't say, I really can't say anything about it without giving anything away. And I, so I, I won't, uh, except to say, I guess I enjoyed it. I, I think kind of, I, I, again, I can't even say that much about that. You know, my opinion about it, I, I it sounds ridiculous that I'm even talking about it cause I'm not saying anything, but, uh, if you're a doctor who fan, you've probably already seen this by the time you listen to the podcast. So I probably wouldn't be spoiling much, but, uh, it was well-written, well done. Like they all are, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I have a little bit of a hesitation, a little bit of a problem about the episode and in, in, from a few ways. And I'll talk about it more on Facebook with, with the people on our Facebook group and on the forum I know soon. And I'll talk more about it probably in the future as well. But uh, it, he does have a, there's going to be another, like there is usually a Doctor Who Christmas special this year. 
and I'm sure the series season, whatever you call it, will be back uh, in 2013 with the remaining episodes for the the current run. So uh, anyway, Doctor Who, uh, and if you're somebody, uh, even after last week's podcast and all the other times we've talked about it on Treks and Sci-Fi, if you've never watched Doctor Who, I mean, you're really missing out. I, I know it. Some of the early years of it, and, and you know, can seem a little goofy now. But you know, if you want, just go right to the 2005 start. It, a lot of it's on Netflix. I think just about all it's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I'll tell you what. Uh, not just Amazon Prime, but I mean Amazon Streaming Video. If you are a Prime member, you can watch video there. But they are really adding a lot of content lately, and I'm I'm very impressed. Plus, there's an app for it for your iPad or your iPhone or whatever. Uh, to watch it there. I was watching actually a little bit last night and skipping around, jumping around from like a little bit of Farscape, Doctor Who and other things, uh, all all via Amazon uh, free streaming video for Prime members. So uh, you've always got that option as well. Uh, So check that out. And uh, now, now after a half hour or whatever of this podcast, we're going to get into the main topic after a short break. Uh, Actually, not even a really a break. I'm going to play a little... uh, intro to hercules the legendary journeys and then i'll come back and talk about that series and then later we'll be talking about xena too so uh here we go this is the story of a time long ago a time of myth and legend when the earth was still young the ancient gods were petty and cruel and they played mankind for their sport. Playing them with suffering. Besieging them with terrors. For centuries, the people had nowhere to turn. No one to look to for help. Until he arrived. He was a man like no other. Born of a beautiful mortal woman. But fathered by Zeus. King of the Gods. Hercules possessed a strength the world had never seen. A strength surpassed only by the power of his heart. But everywhere he went, he was tormented by his stepmother, Hera, the all-powerful queen of the gods. Hera's eternal obsession was to destroy Hercules, for he was the constant living reminder of Zeus's infidelity. As long as there were people crying for help, there was one man who would never rest. Hercules. Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. At uh, the TV series, it was filmed uh, in New Zealand and in the United States. It was produced from... Uh, 1995, and it was very loosely based on the tales of classical Greek culture. Uh, Hercules, uh, also known sometimes as Heracles, uh, in Romans. Uh, it ran for a total of six seasons. Uh, from uh, let's see, it ran originally from January of 1995 to November of 1999. Uh, it was preceded by uh, preceded by several TV movies. 
using the same uh, major characters. Uh, this happened around in 1994. It was part of Universal Television's Action Pack, they called it at the time. Uh, the, uh, the movies were Hercules and the Amazon Women, Hercules and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, you can see they took sort of the Indiana Jones approach here. Hercules and the Circle of Fire, Hercules in the Underworld, Hercules in the Maze of the Minotaur. Uh, and the last show there was a, kind of mostly a clip show uh, that kind of uh, used some of the previous movies and uh, led into this series itself, the main TV series. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, this show was uh, a lot of fun at the time. Uh, the, you know, there was just a lot of uh, good, you know, humor, action. The, the cast was great. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, here as we go. And, and we'll spend a little time on Hercules and then we'll get into Xena too. And they have a very close connection as well. Let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess, uh, the uh, the background. I, you know, the, there was uh, it was created by a guy named Christian Williams. Uh, again, filmed in New Zealand and and had this uh, basis in, in Greek mythology, pretty much. Uh, one of the producers here is Sam Raimi on this. Uh, Robert Tappert is another one of the behind the scenes guys. Uh, it's uh, you know got a, a a real strong behind the scenes group of guys working on this one, and and the cast is good too. And I, I just uh, really you know I I tuned in every week when this show was on, and there was a time uh, when Xena came along too that Xena was on at the you know there was they were both there was an overlap there, and then eventually I think Hercules ended and Xena was the you know carried on a little bit longer than that after Hercules was gone. Uh, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about the show and the premise a bit more uh, and, and something on, a bit on the cast, too. And, uh, and then we'll talk about some other details, too, of Hercules. Uh, the, you know, the fantasy series, uh, again, set, uh, you know, kind of ancient Greece. It's not really precisely located in time. They don't really talk about that, like the year very much or anything. Uh, there's also a mix of Oriental and Egyptian and medieval elements in various episodes, too. Uh, the, the main star uh, is, is uh, the actor Kevin Sorbo. This was, I mean, he'd done stuff before this, but I, I think this is what really put him, as they say, on the map. Uh, and he, he ended up doing the, the Gene Roddenberry series Andromeda just after this. And, uh, you know, he carried this show quite a bit. Uh, there was, he had a, a kind of a sidekick character, Aeolus. Iolus. I, <laughs> when you when you see the name written down, it's I O L A U S. But Iolus, played by the the great Michael Hurst, he's just wonderful, and he, he did a lot of behind the scenes stuff too on on this show and others, especially in recent years. He's he's become a pretty well known um, director. Uh, that is Michael Hurst. Anyway, Kevin Sorbo is Hercules. Uh, also, Michael Hurst is Iolus. Uh, there's also other companions. There's Salmonius, who's played by Robert Trevor. He's kind of a wheeler-dealer type character. Uh, there's Joxer in this show, Ares that pops up now and then, uh, and other characters uh, from you know Greek um, mythology and some other mythology areas too, you know, like Norse and Sumeria and, and things like that pop up from time to time too. Uh, Zeus also, you know, himself makes uh, uh, several appearances on the series. Uh, I, I don't know. Did I say? Yeah, it was six seasons. I think I said that already. It was a total of, um, 
111 episodes. Uh, they, of course, had those those TV movies before the show came along. Uh, the, what usually would happen week to week, and they were... Hercules had some ongoing things happening and ongoing arcs of stuff, but not not as much as probably Xena eventually had. But Hercules was mostly a show about, uh, like they say in the intro to the series, it, it was Hercules wandering the countryside with his, his trusty sidekick, Aeolus, and them righting wrongs. And they would usually come into a situation uh, where there'd be like a little village or a town and something would be happening. They'd be, you know, ogres would be attacking them and Hercules would, would fend them off and, and stop them and, and other stuff like that. And then sometimes the gods got directly involved and, and messed around with things. And uh, it, uh, you know, it involved that kind of a thing where they'd wander in, there'd be a problem to solve. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, he'd be saving them from monsters or warlords, other whims of the gods that would happen. There was also uh, there was also a lot of comedy kind of in this show, even though there's a lot of fights and battles. They're, they're mostly kind of, I, I'd say they're kind of in the realm or the, the sort of like uh, what you would see in the old Batman, 60s Batman TV show. There's a few times where guys get pretty beat up and pretty roughed up and Hercules and Eolus get, you know, Eolus especially being human, just human, he, he gets beat up quite a bit throughout the run here but uh but it you know it's it's not it's not like you see a lot of blood or a lot of you know direct you know when a sword you know cuts somebody you don't see blood spurting out everywhere or anything like that it, it's it's very tv uh you know friendly and and kid friendly and uh it, it's it's a fun show and there's just a you know it, it, it's it's basically doing the right thing and the right for the right reason the right time is a lot of what's going on and hercules trying to set a good example for various people and uh kevin sorbo a great guy i've heard so many good things about him over the years at cons and other things that, that he's done and uh he's very very he's from the midwest he's from minnesota you know he's got kind of just a a real down-to-earth kind of quality that i i really admire i will mention one thing about that's a little known thing, I guess, or it's becoming more known. And I guess now is as good a time as any to mention it. But Kevin Sorbo suffered a, a, a pretty bad uh, health uh, issue uh, during the run of Hercules. Basically, uh, he uh, he had uh, what was it exactly? I've got it written down here. It's um, he had like an uh, this was between like the fourth and fifth seasons of Hercules. Uh, near the time where he did this movie, Call the Conqueror, when he was on tour for that. Uh, but he had an aneurysm in his shoulder, uh, which which uh, hurt him so much that it led to, he had like a series of strokes. And uh, this really weakened him physically uh, for the next couple of years after this happened. And the producers of Hercules tried to keep this from a secret. And again, they had a couple more seasons. They had seasons five and six to go for Hercules even uh, after this physical thing happened to, to Kevin Sorbo, which ne- nearly killed him, basically. I mean, he, he, he could have easily died from this. Uh, and uh, so the seasons, the last couple of seasons of Hercules uh, from 98, 99, uh, he had a, Sorbo was a little bit reduced uh, presence on the show, a reduced filming schedule, and there were more guests during those last couple of seasons. So, uh, but he even has a new, uh, a fairly new book out, kind of an autobiography book. You find it on Amazon, uh, uh, and him talking about this, this that happened to him and other things in his life. And, uh, you know, he, 
he managed to survive it and he's he's in good shape now and he's everything's fine but uh you know i think anyone that ever has something like that that's close to death for you i i think it, it probably has to change you and i i i really really admire him for you know kind of talking about it and and also just the the kind of example that he sets as as being kind of this this good guy and uh he uh he ended up getting married to um this actress uh her name is sam jenkins that they met uh she had a uh she turned up on hercules quite a few times but they met at first on hercules in like 1998 and and uh they have three kids together so you know he's uh he's also very uh he kind of reminds me a little bit about arnold schwarzenegger uh back in the day because He's become uh, a spokesman for this thing called A World Fit for Kids. It's a nonprofit group that helps to uh, train teenagers to become mentors to uh, young children, younger children. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's just, you know, doing the right things with what he's um, gotten from his entertainment and celebrity and all. And uh, I, I just, again, can't say too much about Kevin Sorbo and what, you know, I think he's uh, he's a great guy and uh, I loved him on Hercules. So uh, let me play, uh, I've rambled and talked, not really, I hope I rambled too much, but uh, let me play a little bit of, um, this is a bit of some of the uh, repartee between Hercules and, and Aeolus uh, on the show. So I'll play some, uh, a clip for you here. What are you doing? Exercising. Besides, it's the only way to wake you up. Well, I'm awake. Now, would you put me down already? You know, you've already missed half the morning workout. Down, please. <sighs> Why do you have to exercise anyway? You're the world's strongest man. Because it feels good. And so will you once you finish your 500 oh. sit-ups. You know what, Hercules? I, I don't know. I'm feeling a little stiff from those three fights yesterday. Stretching I... will help. I'm going to go for my morning run. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. <laughs> 498. 499. And there's 500. Oh. Oh. Oh, hey, Hercules. I feel a lot better. You're right. Exercise, huh? Good for you. And all this time I thought you just went back to sleep. Me? Nah. And, uh, wow, you're in such great shape. You didn't even break a sweat. Okay, I went back to sleep. But hey, at least I dreamt about exercise. Yeah. And I am sure you're in tip-top condition. In your dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's for breakfast? Collected some nuts and some fruit on my run. What are we, squirrels? No way, I'm having leftovers. Rabbit. You had a rabbit yesterday for breakfast. Yeah. And lunch. And dinner. Yeah, rabbit. I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you Hercules? Yeah, that would be me. Take your time, catch your breath. An epithea, the sacred ruby. It's been stolen. Well, that shouldn't be too much trouble. Actually, if we don't get the ruby back, the panther will come to life and destroy everything in sight. Oh, I see. The ruby must be returned to the panther by dusk. Dusk? Huh. We don't usually get so much warning. Can I go back to sleep now? I'll get my things. 
Yeah, so even uh, though Aeolus and and Hercules joke around quite a bit, they're they're really the best of friends. They always have each other's back. Uh, several times, you know, Aeolus will get in a little bit of a bind. Even Hercules, and <clears throat> excuse me, and the other one has to save the other. And uh, they work well together as a team. And uh, there's, uh, you know, some great camaraderie. And you know, it's. I think it's important on, on shows like this, and Xena had the same thing where they have the main character has has a best friend, basically, that, that uh, works with them and, and helps them and knows them and everything. And there's a clip here I want to play a little bit of uh, where um, Eolus actually thinks uh, he, he's met his end, kind of, in a way. I can't explain everything. It's a kind of a complicated uh, set of circumstances in episode, but it's a good. there's a good exchange here between Hercules and Eolus, so listen to this. You never gave up on me. What do you expect? The best friend I ever had. Well, I betrayed you, Hercules. I, I betrayed you and everyone else that had faith in me. I just hope you can find it somewhere in your heart to forgive me. I already have. Temptation comes to everyone sooner or later, Eolus. Although you were led astray, you are and always have been a servant of the light. And so you have earned your place in it. I have come to take you home. I don't know what to say. Let's not say anything, except see you around. I'll see you around. Yeah, so again, I think that the relationship with Aeolus and Hercules was great. Uh, one of the things that was really strong and, and made the show what it was. Uh, it, there's so much you could talk about on the series, where all the different characters that would come in, the different gods that they would run into and all that. Uh, there's a, though a little bit of a brief uh, interview here uh, with Kevin Sorbo uh, that uh, he did at uh, Wizard World in Chicago uh, not too long ago. Uh, and they're talking about this potential for a Hercules movie. Uh, it's just uh, maybe about a minute or something, but I want to play some of this for you and, and listen to this. You are the hardest working man in show business. I stay. I try to stay busy. Um, if the producers came knocking and said, hey, we've, we got the band back together, we want to do a Hercules reunion show or, or an, somehow an Andromeda reunion show, would you be up for those? Oh, I'd love to do it, but they would, they would never do it. I mean, Andromeda, that could possibly happen, but with Hercules... I'm too old for the part now, you know, so Universal does want to do a movie, and I think they're going to use Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as me, but they'd be stupid not to bring me back on as some character because Universal owned Hercules, so to me it would make sense to bring me on even as a cameo role. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the fans would riot if you were not involved in that. Oh, I hope they would riot. <laughs> Tear down Universal Studios. We're talking about studios. They're not the That's brightest right. people in the... <laughs> That's, you said it, lawyers and studios. Well, Kevin, thank you very much. We love having you here. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank pleasure. you. 
Yeah, so there's a little brief uh, word from Kevin Sorbo. Uh, I think the uh, for some reason that interview uh, that I grabbed off YouTube, the clip uh, might have been only in one channel, the audio, but uh, I may try to fix that, in, as they say, fix it in post. But if I don't, uh, that's why. Uh, and now we should be back in stereo for you. But it is a great series. There was one episode I remember in particular. I don't know the name of the episode of Hercules, but it was in one of the later seasons. And, and they used some modern-day uh, footage of uh, basically the premise of it was uh, it, it, it sort of set in the, uh, the studio. It's set in the you know, like Universal Studio, and they're trying to work on the Hercules TV show, and they're talking about you know, Kevin Sorbo playing Hercules. So it's sort of a, one of those wink-at-the-camera kind of episodes. But the, the idea of it is there's like this big earthquake in California, and uh, the the idea here is that Kevin Sorbo is really Hercules in 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 the modern age. You know, he's lived to the point of he's playing himself. Uh, you know, Hercules on a TV show. So it's sort of a meta kind of thing, and it's kind of funny. But it, it's again, I have to say, he, he seems like such a great guy, and, and I think that the, that show, that episode, really works. And I really loved it. And there was this funny, funny scene in that episode. And then I'm going to get into Xena, where Kevin Sorbo and I think one, uh, a couple of one, somebody else from the the studio or someone, they're in the restroom in this episode of Hercules. And again, it's set in the modern age. And and uh, these two guys, you know, Kevin Sorbo and this other guy, they're standing at. It may may have been Michael Hurst's character. I think it might have been. I think it was actually. Uh, you know, in the modern day, he's sort of one of the studio execs. He's playing a dual role. And and Sorbo and him are sitting or standing at these urinals, basically, you know, um, relieving themselves. And they both start whistling the theme to Hercules. And and that that to me was just sort of the epitome of, of why this show was so much fun and so f- cool and just so f- neat to watch. And, uh, and then there's sort of this little, they allude to later in the episode, you know that this guy comes and he, and he rescues all these people from this rubble of this earthquake or something like that happens and kevin sorbo is like driving in his car and he's kind of smiling and uh you know i i just thought it was a great episode a lot of fun i gotta watch that one again uh, sometime so there we go hercules the legendary journeys uh six seasons of fun uh from universal and now into xena xena started on actually on hercules as a guest uh, Lucy Lawless, of course, playing Xena, very well-known um, character for her and, and led her to do a lot of other things. And, uh, well, let me play a little bit of the beginning, and most of this is music and fighting mu- stuff, but this is, uh, Eolus kind of goes off with Xena for a little while in this introduction to her character, and and then uh, so they start attacking villages and Hercules stops her and stuff like that. But anyway, here uh, here's a little bit of the beginnings of Xena. What do you want to do? I want to wipe them off the face of the earth. Thank you. 
Yeah, so you got mostly music there, Zena fighting in uh, her leather outfit, uh, Lucy Lawless uh, playing the character of Xena, Warrior Princess. Again, this is a, a spinoff series from Hercules, uh, American New Zealand supernatural fantasy adventure series that aired in syndication from September 4th, 1995 to June 18th, 2001. Uh, the series was created in 1995 by writer, director, producer Robert Tappert under his production tag, Renaissance Pictures. Uh, and, uh, you know, this also was worked on with Sam Raimi and uh, executive producer R.J. Stewart. The series narrative follows Xena, played by Lucy Lawless, on a warrior quest to seek redemption for her past sins as a ruthless warlord by using her formidable fighting skills to help people. Uh, the... Uh, Again, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty much it. Uh, Zine is also accompanied by Gabrielle, played by Renee O'Connor, uh, who do this ser- during the series changes from a simple farm girl into another Amazon warrior and Zena's greatest ally. Uh, her uh, her initial naivete helps to balance Zena and assists her in recognizing pursuing the greater good. Uh, this is a spin-off series of Hercules, like I said already. Uh, the saga began with a three-episode uh, run on Hercules, where her- Xena is a recurring character. And uh, originally, she was scheduled to actually die in her uh, third appearance. And uh, but they they recognized pretty quickly that Xena was was very popular and successful. So they dis- the pre- producers decided to create a spin-off series based on her adventures. And this was a very successful show. I think it might even even have been a higher rated and higher, more bigger success than Hercules was. It, it also ran for six seasons, just like Hercules, 134 episodes, uh, and it ran basically in syndication along, you know, with Hercules. They overlapped for a couple of years uh, near the end there. Her, or Hercules ended, I'm I'm sorry, and then Xena continued for a couple more years. Uh, it was mostly filmed in locations, uh, but uh, they were they were filmed in various regions in in New Zealand, uh, different parks in the Auckland area, and things around that. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I like the idea of this series, and it's been done before on other shows and and any movies as well, where there's this kind of a bad character, somebody who's done some bad things, and they they. They decide, you know, to something usually happens, something drastic or dramatic, and they decide to make a change. And they decide to, to, you know, rather than just sort of go away or whatever, they decide to try to uh, pay back for all the bad that they've done with doing kind of good deeds, running around and helping people. And and kind of she becomes, you know, kind of what Hercules uh, was like, where he would go to a village and help them out or do whatever. But... Xena uh, is just a human being. She has, you know, nearly supernatural kind of strength and power and fighting abilities, but she's she's just a human and and she's just done some bad things and she's she also wants to uh, you know, make amends for all of that. This show tended to be a little bit Xena tended to be a little bit more serious than Hercules. There was still plenty of fun stuff and plenty of jokes on on the uh you know in the show and there's there's tons of bloopers by the way for both these series on on youtube if you want to watch that uh but but it tended to be a little bit more dark in places and times and 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 serious than the um than the hercules show there were many guests here other gods aphrodite uh and 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 you know 
there's just a ton of fun guest people here. Joxer uh, was on here, who is um, one of the Ramey brothers. Why am I blanking on, on the name of him? I even met him at a con. Ted Ramey, yeah, he was on the show quite a bit. And Renee O'Connor as Gabrielle was a lot of fun. She was sort of the Eolus character here and, and really ran with Xena and, and kept her sort of grounded a little bit. Uh, let me play. There, This isn't the best audio on this, but there is a little intro thing that Kevin Sorbo and Lucy Lawless did when her character was, was getting her own series. And uh, let me play this for you. I'll play some of this, and I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo. You know me as Hercules, and I'd like to introduce you to Lucy Lawless. Appropriate name, I'd say, considering the lawlessness of your Xena character, would you say? Right, <laughs> <laughs> Kev, but I ain't all bad. I know you're not. You've seen Lucy in my series, Hercules, A Legendary Journey. She plays the warrior princess, right? Right, but wait, there's more. There certainly is. Apparently my series wasn't enough for her, because now she has her own series. Yeah, it's called Xena Warrior Princess. And, uh, have you got a problem with that, Sorbo? Me? No, no, not at all. She's liable to hurt me. <clears throat> well, uh, enough about us. What we're really here for is to recognize you. Yeah, because from what I hear, you guys are the real heroes behind Hercules, the legendary mm. journey. Well, right after you, of course, Ken. <laughs> She's so nice. And as a token of their appreciation, MCA TV and Lucy and I are inviting you to attend a special luncheon held in your honor at Promax on Thursday, June 8th at noon in the Diplomat Room at the Omni Shoreham Hotel. <laughs> I got that out, didn't I? Yeah. And uh, we'll both be there. We Not well, we'd like to be there, but, you know, convention food. <laughs> the Creative <laughs> Services Gang will recap the past season and look ahead to the future. That'll be our future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, there will be the killer Panasonic door prizes, like a 27-inch color TV, a palm quarter. And I also heard about a VCR, a portable CD player, and a boombox, and everyone has a chance to win. Heaps of things. Heaps of things. Kiwi for a lot of things. <laughs> Those prizes were pretty funny uh, to to hear about. So, um, But anyway, that, that was a little tongue-in-cheek, a little fun there with Kevin and uh, Lucy. Uh, of course, Lucy ended up doing lots of TV series after Xena. I'm probably getting ahead of myself. I want to talk more about the show itself. But, uh, you know, she ended up on Battlestar Galactica and uh, Spartacus, I think, and a bunch of other things. Um, let's play. Let's go back a little bit here. And I want to play the official, one of the officials. I think it's from season three, this one, this version. I love uh, the music on, on Hercules and Xena. Joe DeLuca and, and other people worked on it. But... Uh, uh, the um, here is the opening uh, intro about a minute long to Xena's uh, season three and, and gives you a real good feel for the show. In the time of ancient gods, warlords, and kings, a land in turmoil cried out for a hero. Princess forged in the heat of battle. The power. The passion. The danger. Her 
Her courage will change the world. Again, I think that gives you a good sense of the show. And uh, Lucy Lawless did a great job with this series. Uh, she's uh, she's very convincing when she's either really being bad or really being good and, and everywhere in between. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, and again, it, there were some dark episodes for this show, like I said before. And uh, but the, her, you know, having Gabrielle along always kind of grounded her. And uh, I'm going to play a clip here in a moment here with a little bit of Gabrielle and Zena. Uh, and I think they did a good job with, with kind of making this a different enough than the Hercules, but still fun as well. Uh, and I, I would love to see these episodes. I don't think there's any plans that I've ever seen. They may have been able to air some of this stuff later uh, in some countries, but I'd love to see some of this stuff in HD because I love the countryside of New Zealand, and I think there'd be some really beautiful um, scenery there. Uh, and uh, you know, they uh, they've done some other uh, films. You know, of course, the you know the Hobbit and all that, and uh, and Lord of the Rings, and Legend of the Seeker, and everything. You know, it's a beautiful countryside, and I'd love to see these shows in HD. High def uh, sometime, but here's a clip. Here's some Xena and Gabrielle for you. Gabrielle, Gabrielle, can you hear me? Wake up. Uh huh. Think you can stand? You mean I'm not? Come on. There you go. What is it? Uh-huh. And you are drugged. Uh, with henbane, if I'm not mistaken, so the effect should be temporary. But we've got to get you. Well, okay. Come back Yeah, some good stuff there. Uh, it's uh, both these shows. I just uh, again can't say enough of how fun they are. I got one more clip here that I'm gonna play, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, this is a little bit of when uh, just at the point where Xena is leaving the Hercules TV series, kind of, uh, and and setting off on her own journey to uh, make amends for everything. So, listen to this. Uh, this is from uh, again Hercules uh, and Xena together on his show and uh, setting her on kind of the good path. Let me go. There's so much in my life I have to make amends for. I've got to get started. I wish you'd let me out. You already have. You unchained my heart.
a mighty princess forged in the heat of battle. So there's my uh, very quick, brief look at both Hercules and Xena. I forgot to mention one thing about Xena. She had this signature weapon, the Chakram. Actually, there were two different versions of it. It was kind of a spinning disc, kind of about a size of a Frisbee metal that she would throw and used it to disarm guys and stop them and stuff. And later on, it kind of became a, a little different design. I actually have a, a kind of a nice little prop replica of the first version of that. And uh, it, it's it's a cool item. Uh, it reminds me a little bit about the of the glaive and crawl to a degree, but uh, she could throw that thing and do amazing stuff with it. Of course, you know, hey, it's a TV show. But Hercules and Xena, check them out. Uh, I'm sure you can find them streaming all over the place, and, and DVDs are available. Nothing on Blu-ray, unfortunately, like I was saying earlier. But uh, I think these just uh, shows are a lot of fun and worth a second look if you've seen them in the past uh, already. Uh, lots of cool episodes, just just go into lots of different detail of the gods, and you learn different things. And uh, I, I think I kind of favor Xena, but uh, I know she looks a little better in her leather than, than Kevin Sorbo, <laughs> at least to me. So uh, Lucy Lawless, like I said, is, is, is really gone on to do a lot of good things, and, and Kevin Sorbo too. Great, great people. I was going to say great guys, one guy, one woman here, but uh, great celebrities now and, and just... Uh, really cool to see them at conventions too. They do a lot of cons, so you might get a chance to see them as well. Uh, now, segueing and spinning off into a different thing, I want to play. I've got an audio bit here from uh, uh, Rick Moyer and his wife Amy. They sent in a little bit of uh, a, uh, audio and a new song, I think, from Rick that you haven't heard from before on, on Treks and Sci Fi. And, and they talk a little bit about Trek and a few other things. So, so listen to this, and I'll come back and, and wrap up today's podcast. Hey, Rico, this is Rick. And this is Amy. And uh, hi. How's it going? He's probably answering right now, don't you think? Yeah, maybe. Or he might be like thinking, why is Why are they talking to me? Yeah. Me, yeah. Well, uh, Trax and Sci-Fi is such a cool show. And, and I've been really enjoying it now that, um, I mean, I always liked it when you did it all the time, Rico. But this has been kind of cool to have all these guest spots. And hear from all these cool people from our community on the forum and everything. Really cool. I mean, and everybody does a great job. I learned so much on the Doctor Who podcast last week. No, don't tell me because I still have to listen to that one. Well, see, you watch it and I don't. And so yeah. now that I've listened to some of these things that Meds and Chris said, I think I might take it up. You could always watch it with me and maybe not watch Star Trek every night, but watch some Doctor Who. No. Nah. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. Nope. I think that'd be good. Uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. Yes. I've been watching the cool uh, K-Trek on the forums. Gave me his defaulted discs, DVDs from mm -hmm. the Star Trek TNG, and I've been watching them every night on Blu-ray in our bedroom. I've I've noticed that. It's so sparkling and happy new looking. And I can tell you the whole plot of the episode within 10 seconds. I know you my can. Eyes That's how it works. And then I go to sleep and start snoring. But here's the deal. Yeah. I want season two on, on Blu-ray, okay? Just so you know. Season two, the Dr. Pulaski season. I love Dr. Pulaski. 
Well, then why didn't you marry Dr. Pulaski instead of marrying me? Because she's really old now. She was on the original series, know. you know that. Diana Moldar or Mulder or mm-hmm. something like that. She's probably all so moldy. She was on the series original Star Trek the same year I was born, I think. Yeah, so that wouldn't work too well. She's old enough to be our yeah. mother. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, Rico, the reason that we're we're talking today is because uh, just this couple of weeks ago, I was on a really fun 24-hour pod-a-thon with the guys from Trekmate podcast over in England. And they had a 24-hour thing for charity, and I got to do a parody song for them. And I thought everybody in your listening audience would love this song because I originally was going to do it for you. And of course, you know, anyway, it worked out that I could do little making of segments that I put on the Star Trek parodies.com website. So you can see how the song progresses and everything. And then finally we played the, the main song and I thought you would really, really enjoy it. It's called instead of party rock, what is it called, my dear? Party Spock. That's right, Party it's Spock. In, uh, and we thought that everybody would enjoy it. You can download it over at StarTrekParodies.com, and uh, we're hoping everybody enjoys it. So here you go, Rico. Dance around your room a little bit. Maybe catch yourself on tape, and we can watch you later, you know, boogieing around you your will dance man to cave. This. You will dance to this, Rico. Are you yes. doing like the Jedi yeah. wave as you say that? You will dance to this. You um, will dance to this. I just know. He These will, aren't the music you're looking for. He will dance to this. Everyone listening will dance to this. At least, you know, move their pinkies and yeah. toes we've, a little bit. We've talked too long. Here's the song. Enjoy. Party Spock is on the ship tonight. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. Tell me how your planet Vulcan looks on a lazy evening when the moon's full. The Vulcan has no moon, Miss Uhura. I'm not surprised. Life, live long and prosper. Yo, I'm running through these forest doors on fire. Hanging with Kirk Homey, no, I cannot be a liar. We party spot. Yeah, that's the crew I'm serving. Let's buy the Enterprise now. Stop that swerving. Hey, party spot is on the ship tonight. Everybody have a logical time. And he's gonna make you lose your mind. Everybody make the ball get Everybody have a logical time And he's gonna make you lose your mind He just wants to 
Every day I'm shuttling. Thanks for that great song, and uh, you know, being on that uh, Trekathon that they did, those guys from the UK, and uh, it, yeah, that was fantastic. Thanks so much, and, and nice hearing from you, Amy, too. And, and Rick, you definitely got to watch some Doctor Who. Uh, you definitely need to uh, give give that show a try and, and, and get into it. I, I think you'd really enjoy it. I think it would work real well for you. Um, the uh, I've also got one more clip here uh, that I got to play the answer segment to Vartox. Uh, uh, piece from earlier on the Torchwood music. Remember that way back when? <laughs> so let me play that, then I will come back and wrap up the show uh, and give you a little bit of upcoming preview of what's coming up on, on the show and Treks and Sci-Fi for uh, October. So uh, here's Vartok, and I'll be back at right after this. everyone, this is Vartok again with the answer to the question posed earlier. To what is the connection between Doctor Who and Torchwood? 
Well, you probably already know this, but Torchwood is an anagram of the letters in Doctor Who. That's right, if you take the letters from Doctor Who and rearrange them, you spell out Torchwood. During the 2005 production of the Doctor Who revival, Russell T. Davies used the name Torchwood as a title ruse for Doctor Who for the series while filming the first few episodes and on the Rushes tapes to ensure they were not intercepted. Later he connected the word Torchwood to an earlier idea he had had about a science fiction crime drama of the style of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. The second composer for Torchwood has been Ben Foster. Foster is a British composer who is best known for his work on the BBC series Torchwood and as an orchestrator for Murray Gold on Doctor Who and as an orchestrator for Mark Streitenfeld for the 2012 sci-fi movie Prometheus and 2012 adventure film The Grey. He's also known as the conductor for Peter Gabriel's Scratch My Back world tour and albums. Here is a track titled Phase 2 Has Begun from the Children of Earth miniseries. the original music from Torchwood is available on two discs. In September 2008, Silva Screen Records released a compilation of music from seasons 1 and 2, featuring 32 tracks by Foster and Gold. A second disc was released in July 2009 containing 40 tracks from the third season, Children of Earth. You can download these two discs from iTunes for $9.99 each, and there is currently one additional track from season 4, which is the end credit to the 2011 season, Miracle Day. I'm going to wrap up this music and sci-fi segment with a final track titled, Judgment Day.
Torchwood. Outside the government, beyond the police. Fighting for the future on behalf of the human race. The 21st century is when everything changes. And Torchwood is ready. Well, thanks once again, Vartok. Great segment. I uh, love Torchwood and the music from it. Uh, you did a great job in that. Uh, a very cool uh, addition to uh, today's show. So thanks very much for doing that. Thank you very much. All right. Upcoming on Treks in Sci-Fi, uh, you have a guest cast next week, every other week. Uh, you're going to have Dave Kill here uh, with a look at the movie Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which I think is a very underrated a gem kind of a movie. I, I, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, and I'm really looking forward to listening to his show on that. On the 14th of October, I'll be back with a look at a Voyager episode. Uh, uh, the episode is called Blink of an Eye, and that will be on the 14th. On the 21st, you're going to have Jedi Jeff. Yes, we haven't heard from Jeff in a, in a little while. Not too long ago he was here. But uh, anyway, he'll be here on the 21st. He's going to look at a TV series. Uh, it's an animated series called Battle of the Planets. And, and I'm looking forward to that. I've seen a few episodes of that, but I really want to hear more about that show uh, with Jedi Jeff. And then on the 28th, uh, on Halloween, or at least our Halloween special. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do for the Halloween show for the show for the podcast i was thinking werewolves i haven't really covered werewolves i've done vampires did frankenstein i've done scary stories uh but i, I don't know i haven't completely made up my mind yet on, on, on what i'm going to do for the halloween show but uh if you guys have any ideas shoot me an email for for that show or for any others trek sf at gmail.com and again one last uh, time uh, uh donations can also be sent via paypal to that email address and uh, that's it. I got to get out of here. It's going to be a long show, I think, by the end I, uh, of editing it and everything like that. And uh, as a little preview, we got Al and Brian uh, kind of coming up very soon in the next, uh, probably in November, with uh, a Prometheus special uh, for that movie. So I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, and uh, a whole lot more here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, I'll talk to you in two weeks. Next week, Dave with Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. So take care. Bye-bye. Action.